Did you miss the headline and the top story of the day? Extra, extra, we don't about it. Don't worry, because we got you covered. This is how we do. It's the Cattles and Rami. Top spot. Coming up at 5.15, it's silly season already in the NBA offseason, and it's not even the offseason. And there's a trend in some of this silliness. We'll get to that. Not that silly. Coming up. At, it's silly. It's silly. Whitey, who's in for Nick today, Jay and Simone, on the other side of the glass. In the top spot, we're going to peak west, we're going to peak east, and then we're going to look at maybe how the Kings approach things moving forward. And Whitey, a, a thought that you had about this this Denver Nuggets team who sits now and and waits for the winner of Heat and Celtics, which, again, we'll discuss in a moment. They tip off in just about a half hour from right now in Boston, which is, is this Denver Nuggets team even more dangerous with a championship or maybe kind of satiated and and don't have that unfinished business feeling heading into next season, so maybe a little less dangerous to the Kings and the rest of the Western Conference. I would rather next year if I'm the Kings or anybody else in the West, I'd rather be facing a Denver team that had won a championship, is dealing with that and uh, dealing with the... Fat and happy. Yeah, and it's difficult to get motivated to do to do it again. It's just human nature. I, I think there is... It, there is that human nature. There's also the human nature of maybe if you don't win it, uh, the, the the hangover, so to speak, of, of losing an NBA Finals that combined with a long postseason while other teams are enjoying their off seasons and recouping and, 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 and getting healthy and, and getting fresh again. That's always a challenge and a hurdle for the winner or the loser of, of an NBA Finals, but especially you throw in the deflating feeling of losing the biggest series of your life and that can take the life out of some teams and they never quite recover from it i don't think it really matters at least not for their best player in nikola Jokic. i think win or lose or mvp or no mvp or western conference final series mvp or championship or no championship that dude is just going to show up and hoop. You, you know what I mean? I don't think I, he doesn't he doesn't take too much uh, or put too much stock in the awards. They asked him after the Western Conference Finals what the Magic Johnson Trophy means, and he literally said nothing. The two MVPs he won, Denver Nuggets front office members, had to fly over and deliver the trophy to him because he was like, ah, I'll just grab it. Whenever I, whenever I get around to it, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's that type of guy who I don't think gets too up or too down with the accolades or with, with the failures that, that might happen along the way. I don't think it matters at I all agree for with Nikola you. Jokic. I, I would agree with you, and I think NBA teams and pro sports teams in general, but they tend to follow the lead of their best players, yes. especially in the NBA where you have fewer guys, and you have a coach there who clearly has buy-in from his team. They play hard. They defend, and that's why it's a guess. But I think if that team lost, I think they have the culture and the character where they would be more determined next year to go after it again than they would be if, uh, wow, we actually did it. Now what? Meanwhile, the uh, the the way that the conversation has flipped in the Eastern Conference oh, finals, yeah. Whitey, with just one game, with just one game, they're still down three one, and. The, the 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 history still stands of 150 NBA playoff series that have gone to 3-0 going to the the team that had the 3-0 lead. Yeah. You would think the Celtics were up 3-0 the way people are talking about it. The way Vegas has this thing scored. They were plus 750 
to win the Eastern Conference Finals before Game 4 tipped off on Tuesday. When that game was over, they were up to plus 225 to win the series. It might be even money if they win this series. Yeah. If they win this series today, it might be even money at BetMGM and wherever else you can put down your wagers if you are so inclined. If if the Celtics win Game 2, Whitey, how are you feeling? How are you looking at this series? I think if the Celtics win tonight, I think they win the series. Really? Remember this Miami team, and bless them, and it's been incredible what they've been doing. Remember, they did not have a great year. They lost the first play-in game, and they were losing the second one to your beloved Bulls. They had to come from behind to win just to get in to the playoffs and out of the play-in, and here they are knocking on the door of the NBA Finals. Boston had an excellent season. They were battling for the top seed all year. They're a more talented team, so that's why people are now they're looking for signs to believe in the Celtics because it's so improbable that the Heat built up that 3-0 lead in the first so the, place. It, it tips the scales in favor of the Celtics. In your mind, the Celtics tonight, are better. They, they, they are the better team. That, that being said, I still look at it and say, that's, you have to win... Not, I don't look at it as, you know, right now they have to win three games in a row. Or if they win tonight, they need to win two games in a row against Miami. I, I look at the totality of it, and I while they I do think they're the better team, I think that, A, you have the coaching advantage in favor yeah. of the Heat with Spolster versus Missoula. And, B, you have the absolute dog of a competitor in, in Jimmy Butler, who I don't think lets his team go down Four times in a row. That's that's what it's going to take. It's, I know yeah, we're only well, looking at two more games mm-hmm. if Boston pulls this off, but the entirety of it, they're going to have to beat Jimmy Butler four times in a row. And unless he's just completely out of gas from the superhuman effort that has gotten him to this point, unless that's the case, I just personally can't see that happening. I'd put it at – now, I, I would start to, to – to maybe believe it could happen if the Celtics win, I'd still say 60-40 Heat are taking this series, even if Boston wins tonight. I'd put it at 60-40 Heat. I think if you're a a fan of the Heat, and I know we talked today to Alphonse Sidney, Mm -hmm. who does a podcast on the Heat, and he said, I'm I'm a fan, basically. Uh, He said he's not worried, but I think if you're a Miami fan – the way that last game went down, not only did the Celtics stay alive, but the way they beat the Heat, I think it would make you make you a little anxious. And, uh, and also, should. real quickly here in the top spot, Cattles and Rami, Whitey in for Cattles. Nick will be back on Tuesday after the long weekend for everybody asking. So you say. YouTube.com slash Sports. Hit those likes while you're there with your conspiracy theories on where Nick is and when he'll be back. Just hit the like button and the subscribe button. And uh, you can say what, not whatever you want, but, you know, mm. throw out your conspiracy <laughs> theories for Nick. I almost made a very, very reckless statement right there. But John Hollinger with a piece in The Athletic this morning talking about the NBA's summer of stuckness and how a lot of teams really don't have any roster flexibility, Whitey, because they've already mortgaged so much of their assets and of their future in, in the rosters that they have now. And, and there really isn't a lot of wiggle room. And he points to, well, Denver, but they're stuck in a good way. They like the roster and seem poised to compete for championships for years to come. Miami as well, although I don't know that anybody looks at them and goes, oh, yeah, that's that's a powerhouse for, for years to come. But then what a lot of folks might might have thought would work with DeJounte Murray teaming up with Trey Young in Atlanta has them sort of handcuffed. Brooklyn 
with James Harden and Ben Simmons and a number of contract and, and trade decisions that they've made that has them handcuffed. Dallas roster and salary wise is kind of is kind of in that stuck uh, phase that Hollinger refers to. Golden State, the Clippers, uh, Miami. He calls Minneapolis the capital of Stucksville. Oh, Milwaukee, it's a terrible trade, has invested so much of their future. Phoenix, and and you look at that Whitey, and while the 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 thought of making some kind of big splash trade, we talked about, you know, pair Kevin Herter with a first round future first round pick or Davion Mitchell or something like that. Go out and get somebody who you can add to Domas and Fox. It's it's appealing and it's alluring and star power is always something that's attractive to a sports fan or an NBA fan. But it's risky business too, man. It is risky, risky business. To, to, to make these moves and invest those types of assets. That said, if Boston is bounced tonight and Jalen Brown is unhappy, wants out, I'm the Kings, I'm doing everything I can uh, to bring him here that's and exploring just, all possibilities. It's probably not possible, but I would make sure it wasn't. That's just the type of move we're talking about, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. right now, and they, they, they did trade next year's first-round pick, although it is top 14 protected, they traded next year's first round pick to Atlanta in the Kevin Herter trade. Other than that, I mean, you got a few seconds that that are going to other teams in future drafts, but other than that, you pretty much have your first round picks for the foreseeable future. And why do you just you never know in in this league unless you this is going to sound silly. You never know unless you know in this league. You know what I mean? There are known assets in this league, and if you can get one of those and add it to your tandem of Domas and Fox. Okay, cool. But some of these moves, I just don't... Even Jalen Brown comes with question marks. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And if the questions aren't answered the right way, there's no there's no wiggle room. There, there's no way you can pivot or correct course on a plan that right now looks good on paper and is going well. But if it if you hit a wall... With that roster in a year or two, you might just be stuck with that roster, crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. If I would have to do that to bring in a guy that I know is a really good fit, I'd be willing to do that. Um, Jalen Brown, I'm kind of sorry I brought him up as an example. Because <laughs> it's just probably not going to happen. But a guy like, now Cam Johnson is a restricted free agent, and he's probably going to end up staying. I would give up a lot to get a guy like Cam Johnson because he would make me better day one and he would fit what I'm doing. DeJounte Murray is a guy that he he was traded for and has Atlanta in that type of situation. Now they might be looking to trade him mm-hmm. and, and get some of those assets back. But it, And a really talented young guy who can fill it up. But I just don't know that... I'm going to do this. I'm going to make the same mistake that Atlanta just made. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I'm thinking, oh, I can give up these assets and this guy's going to unlock this team. And then he does it. And you're like, can somebody take him off our hands so we can hit the reset button on this again? You know yeah. what I mean? I've always liked him, but the Spurs got rid of him, which surprised me. And then one year in Atlanta and then they'd be wanting to move off of him. Uh, I'm not so sure. Rudy Gobert is a guy that, that people think might be on the trade block again to, so they can recoup some of those assets. That's the position you find yourself in of these guys that you bring in who don't unlock the best version of your team. Yeah. Now you're going, okay, well, maybe we can deal them and get some of that back in return. That seems to really be your only way 
out of that hole that you dig yourself the into. The two teams you mentioned and Hollinger mentioned that I think we can say, that's all right, well done. Milwaukee, because they won a championship, and Golden State, who also won a championship. We'll hit a quick break. On the other side, it's not even the offseason. It is not even officially the offseason. And people have lost their ever-loving minds talking yeah, NBA not. trade speculation. That's next. Cattles and Robbie. Cattles and Robbie. Sacktown Sports. Thursday afternoon here on Sacktown Sports. Jay on the ones and twos. Simone on the updates. Whitey in the co-host chair. I am the Rami in Cattles and Rami. Whitey, I am I am all about. I am all for. Jay and Simone know this. I love what I what I call reckless speculation in the world of sports. Sports don't matter. They're entertainment and they're mm-hmm. fun. And so why not just sit down here on the show or with your buddies and, oh, why don't we trade this guy for that guy? You know, why don't we yeah. go sign that guy? To me, that's part of the fun of being a sports fan is the the whole armchair GM right. angle of, of things, right? I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy it. But uh, and, and especially once the, the offseason starts, cool, fine, whatever. Let's Let's do it. And let's even get a little silly. Let's get a little crazy with it. You know what I mean? But it is May 25th, Whitey. And people have already lost their minds. Nick Wright, who I like of on, of Fox Sports and First Things First, he proposed this trade yesterday to, for some reason, and you've brought this up, <laughs> get LeBron James in a Golden State you. Warriors uniform. Mm. This, this seems to be something that people really want to make happen. The trade was LeBron James going to Golden State for Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, and Moses Moody. Why am I doing that? That's, that's <laughs> really stupid. Lakers. That's incredible. Why stupid. Yeah. am I doing that? That makes absolutely no sense. Then you, it was, it was almost like his his Fox Sports uh, cohort, Colin Cowherd, couldn't be outdone, could not be one upped in coming up with a silly LeBron trade to get him into a Golden State Warriors uniform. So he came up with this. Kevin O'Connor at the Ringer reports. LeBron to the Warriors is something people are talking about. Now, I know what you're saying. Come on, Colin. Did you have a daiquiri before the show? Come on. You know that deep breath I told you to take? Take another one. We looked it up this morning. Wiggins, Kuminga, and Jordan Poole. It works. With Rui and AD. Oh, Oh, timeout. It really works. So my wings would be Rui, Wiggins, and Kuminga. I'll, I'll sign up for that. Youth, coachable guys, ascending. My big would be AD near the rim. My guards would be no ego Austin Rivers, the grinder. Little bit of ego, lot of attitude, Jordan Poole. Austin Reeves, excuse me, and Jordan Poole. I can live with that. I mean, the Lakers owner and the GM have had to relinquish power to LeBron James. You would sign up for that, Colin Cowherd? Really? You would sign up for that? Your wings being, what is it, Rui, Wiggins, and Kaminga? Instead of having LeBron James? LeBron, LeBron, Raymond James, the first or second best player in the history of this league and and you would sign up for that instead of, instead of having that? You think he's? I love I love how and it's what it's really one of the the it's it's part of the magic of a Colin Coward where he makes it sound like oh yeah this works you know, oh yeah it works 
Wiggins, Kaminga, and Jordan Poole. It works. No, it absolutely does not yeah. work on any plane of existence that we live in or live on. It makes no sense whatsoever for the Los Angeles Lakers to make that trade. Yeah. he Does he just mean technically, you know, as far I as guess. the finances? You put it in the but, trade machine? Yeah, the I trade don't know. Machine. Yeah. By the way, I did one of the trade machines today, which maybe we'll get to. It would bring LeBron James here. I do want to hear it. To Sacramento. Why not? Why not? We're getting crazy. Hold on. Hold on. I know what you're saying. Why did you have a daiquiri? <laughs> Take a deep breath. <laughs> Take a but deep breath. But here's the thing. And you're right. Of course, it's fun. But if you really care about what's going on, just be really careful about, you know, really listening to what people say. Because I just heard, thank you, JJ, for playing that. And um, we heard Colin Coward say, Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer reported this is something people are talking about. Yes. That's what he just said. Yes. Well, remember, I, I wrote this down because I read it the day he wrote it. Kevin O'Connor, this is what he didn't wrote. Did I tell you not to do that? Didn't I tell you you were going to manifest it and speak it into existence? But and what now here we are. It keeps on picking up more but and more steam. there's a huge difference between what he wrote and what Colin Coward said he wrote. Kevin O'Connor, interest between LeBron and Warriors could be mutual. That's what he wrote. <laughs> I kid you not. I wrote it down. Interest between LeBron and Warriors could be mutual. And so what did Colin Coward say? Kevin O'Connor says, this is something people are talking about. No, that's not what he said at all. It's not close to what he said. That's how Let's this happens. Let's take an argument, shows. <laughs> that's how this happens, though. That's, yes. That's how this happens. Yeah, it starts like as say, a tiny little snowball, yes, and it yeah. starts going downhill. Yeah, I, And it like just say, picks up more and more weight. It's fun. If you want to have fun, great. But if you really care about what's going on, just be really careful anytime you hear somebody say, this is what someone reported. Because in this case, no, that's wrong. Meanwhile, uh, just wanted to throw this in there as well while we're talking about silly trades. The trend, and I tweeted this today, the trend seems to be this offseason, how can we help the Warriors? Like, what can we do What can we do to help them? And, like, the whole NBA is just going to all get together and, hey, how do we help the Warriors get good again? They get the, good ratings. This was from uh, Kelly Eco, who covers the, the Houston Rockets for The Athletic, and, and they proposed this trade. The Rockets get Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga, while the Warriors get Kevin Porter Jr., Jay Sean Tate, K.J. Martin, number four pick in 23, first-round pick in 25, and a first-round pick in 27. Why? Why do you do that? Why would you possibly do that? Why would anybody do again? that? Why would I? Who, if, you're, if, you're the, if you're the Rockets. For, yeah. jo- for Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga? Oh, let me take your disappointment off your hands for you, and here's a whole basket full of assets that'll mm-hmm. make you a better basketball team mm-hmm. for the next decade or so. Here, look. Why don't we do that? Yeah, I guess the thinking is the Warriors are uh, with their backs to the wall. Financially, they got to get rid of some guys I wouldn't want to get rid of. But I'm I'm with you. Um, I, I guess I'd rather have Jordan Poole than Porter Jr. But the rest of it, I that's one of those. That's really the Rockets aren't giving up a lot there, especially if if they're going to be any good. Some of those picks will not be. But they're getting what, Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga. Yeah. Guys who have been just disappointments for, for Golden I know. State. I know. Kaminga, since being drafted, and Poole got the bag and then decided to stop scoring the basketball for some reason and just looked completely lost. No, you're right. You're for right. the entirety of a playoff That's a ridiculous run. trade. This one is much better. Rashawn Holmes, Kevin Herter, and Harrison Barnes to the Lakers for LeBron James. It works. It works. It works. It works. Yeah. <laughs> Take a deep breath, but it works. No, it doesn't.
That absolutely does not work. Stop it or don't. It's we're all we're all. It's, it's almost the off season. Keep it going. Give us something to talk about. Right after this, it's the phone is ringing and we are checking to see who's on the line. Long time listener, first time caller. News gossip, a story. Okay, who's the next victim? It's the callback on Cattles and Rami. Eastern Conference Finals about to tip off from Boston. Game five. I almost said game three for some reason. Game five of that series between those two teams and the uh, Celtics trying to pull off a miracle. The impossible, if you will. What has not been done in 150 attempts, uh, which is to come back from an 0-3 deficit. And the Heat will be without shooting guard Gabe Vincent for this one. And I... If you haven't been watching the NBA playoffs religiously, you might not realize just who Gabe Vincent is and what he's been doing for the yeah, Heat. I have been watching, series. and I Why didn't did realize he was shooting the ball as well as you detailed earlier. 17.5 points per game to Marcus Smart, his counterparts 9.8 points per game, and shooting splits of 58, 50, and 94. Ooh. But Vincent will be out with an ankle injury, and we asked our guest in hour one of the show, Alphonse Sidney of the Five Reasons Sports podcast who's gonna fill in for vincent it's interesting because like whatever you think spo's gonna do he's gonna <laughs> do something different right so yeah. i can lie to you and say the easy plug and play is kyle lowry right kyle lowry started most of the season uh before he got injured uh that just makes a whole lot of sense but you could also see like hey why not go with caleb martin caleb martin's playing out mm. of his mind you have a primary hand primary ha- ball handler and jimmy uh butler You've also seen what Kyle Lowry does with the second unit all playoffs long. Do you want to disrupt that chemistry? But part of that chemistry is having Caleb Martin on the bench. So there's a lot of different uh, things they could do, right? And then uh, who else takes the minutes? There's Haywood Highsmith, who hasn't gotten a, bu- a lot of minutes off the bench. Not a lot of people are familiar with Haywood's work, right? Um, and rightfully so, because <laughs> he's Haywood Highsmith. How, how, how do you think they handle it tonight, Whitey? And, and how big a loss is it? When we're talking about this series and – you and I are both saying Boston is the better team, but Miami is winning on the margins. The margins get that much smaller when you lose a guy who's been doing what Gabe Vincent has been doing for this basketball Yeah, and team. sprained ankle, you know, it's, and it doesn't mean that... it ugly the way that, he rolled it in the right. corner. It so, looked ugly. I mean, he may be, his availability may be compromised for the rest of the series uh, as long as it lasts. I thought it was interesting. I guess it was a tribute to uh, Tina Turner when they asked Spolster today, who's <laughs> going to be in the starting lineup, Kevin Love, and he said, what's Love got to do with it? So I thought that was... <laughs> Very appropriate, and I applaud him. <laughs> he also said, I don't give a bleep, which seems to be their <laughs> mantra when asked about people flipping the script and, and picking the Celtics to come back from 03. He literally mm. said, I don't give a bleep. And speaking of Eric Spolstra, I think most people, including our guest Alphonse Sidney, look at this and go, okay, that's that's one place where the Heat have a clear-cut advantage. It's been huge, right? And it's a lot of it is not just it's not just Spo just so much smarter than Missoula, right? It's a, a lot of it is like Spo's been here before, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Spo isn't afraid to lose his starting point guard in the in the conference finals. Uh, Spo's not afraid of a twenty-one to two run because they're just going to come back with a nineteen to two run. One of the things he does for this team is that he settles them down, right? He doesn't panic. They're not, you know, they, he, they, there's not a situation that he hasn't seen, and he has them really, really prepared. And another thing he does great is adjustments, right? If something's going wrong, Spo will completely abandon a game plan and and just okay, if the zone isn't working, we're back to man, right? Uh, we're, they're they're killing our high pick and roll. Let's do something else. 
So he's he has the experience that he's not going to get rattled in these situations. Joe Mazzulla, we've seen at times, he looks like a deer in the headlights. Like He looks like he mm-hmm. literally has no idea what's happening. He has no idea what to do. I mean, he threw a clipboard in game one. <laughs> Who throws a clipboard in game one of a series? That is such a rookie coaching mistake. That is a game four move. You don't do that in game one. He's right. You don't pull out the right. big guns of throwing the clipboard in, in a game one, and it didn't work. Yeah. He's Eric Spolster is a genius, man. He, he's a straight-up genius. And whether we're talking about – he mentioned the adjustments, and I remember reading a tweet in game three, Whitey. I forget the way – that it played out, but it was either the first and the third quarter or the second and the fourth quarter. One of the two, they played zero zone. And then in the other two cover in the other two quarters that they played almost entirely zone. You never know what Eric Spolster is going to throw at you. And it seems like he's always pushing the right buttons and pulling the right strings for a team that again, we agree is not the most talented team on paper in the Eastern conference or the NBA, and yet somehow, some way, they keep making these runs. And yes, Jimmy Butler, but also Eric Spolstra is the other consistent thread in in these runs that they keep making. The weirdest thing about this series to me is this, and I know we got a lot of drama left, most likely. Mm-hmm. Boston's back home tonight, but Boston, as we mentioned during the crossover with uh, J. Ross and Chris, Boston at home in the playoffs. So they're back home. Watch out. They're four and five at home in the playoffs. Wow. And last year, there were six and six at home. Um, and you go back to the 2018 Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, since then, they're 13 and 14 at home in the playoffs. And you throw out the first round where That's they've had ridiculous. some sweeps and they played some lesser teams throughout the first round. Five and 12 since 2018 in playoff home games outside of the first round. That is ridiculous. Yes. That's silly. You got to take care of home court better than that. If you're the Boston Celtics, mm-hmm. that that's that's crazy. One more question we had for Alphonse Sidney, and uh, it's been hard. It's been hard to pick this series. You just you just never seem to know which way this thing is going to go. Including if you're Alphonse Sidney and you cover the Heat for a living. To, to be honest, <laughs> I have no clue because like if it's if it's the Heat team from the Bucks series, I feel great about them. If yep. it's the Heat team from uh, two nights ago, I don't feel great. If it's the regular season Heat team, it's a sweep in Denver, right? Yeah, so. Yeah. I don't like the one thing I've not done is make a bunch of predictions coming into these series because I just just like the rest of America. I don't know which heat team is going to show up. I'm starting to believe more and more. Right. Um, And as a cocky fan, yeah, I want to say they'll take the nuggets down in six. I have no I have no idea. Jokic is terrifying. I have nightmares about Jokic. Right. So I, I and I and honestly, Bam does a great job against opposing centers. Jokic gives him fits. He can literally do nothing against Jokic. Mm. So, I mean, what are you going to throw Kevin Love on him? I mean, so it, it's this proposition is really scary. But listen, we never thought as Heat fans, as a Heat fan base, we were even going to get in past the play-in tournament. So everything right now is cake. Everything is cake at this mm-hmm. point. And both these teams do have sort of a Jekyll and Hyde trait to them. The game just tipped off a few minutes ago. Jalen Brown already... Launched an air ball from three. Oh, Why? You just don't. We just, and you just don't know. Yeah, that, I was, could, that I, could be that could be the whole first quarter, and then in the second quarter he can't miss. I was listening on Sirius XM to the final game of the the Celtics and the Sixers, and driving back from the Bay Area on what I think that was a Sunday. And the Boston announcer says first quarter goes. Boy, both these teams have been really up and down in this first quarter. And I thought 
I think that's every game I've seen this year in the playoffs, no matter what series we're talking about. Everybody's been up and down in every game for the most part. It's been crazy and really hard to predict. And who people are picking seems to keep on swinging one way or the other. I saw Charles Barkley just guarantee again that this series is going back to Miami. Guaranteed! All right, man. I don't don't know how you can guarantee anything in this series, the way way that it's gone, Whitey. We have uh, a couple minutes here in the segment. Why don't we take uh, Mitch, who wants to talk some NBA real quick. Mitch, what do you got? Hey, guys. Hey. Thanks, Dave McCoy. In some series, I I, I love this talk that Seth was having right the way they they wanted. They should be against the Wolves. It's the other way around. Mm -hmm. I think they get over with this week. Um, I think there's a chance that Kamala Anthony has his number retired. Two different teams. Denver, different numbers. And Denver's how Luka plays. Nobody's mentioned Ronnie Rogers or is it Kiki Bandaway. I believe he played before Ronnie Rogers. Ronnie Rogers is a pretty good player. I remember when they had that upset, they had that good run, Roger Pack. I'm trying to remember the field. They had Robert Pack, um, yeah. yeah. Robert Pack. That was the weekend my daughter was born. We had the TV right there on the screen. Do it Mitch, I don't, I don't, I don't forget. So, Mitch, thanks so, for the call. I don't know you, a lot Mitch. about Ronnie Roberts. How do you feel Ronnie about Rogers? Ronnie uh, Rogers? Ronnie Rogers. Kiki Bandway is better than Ronnie Rogers, I think. But I, I don't think. How Carme- do you feel about Carmelo Anthony? Whitey? I, I am not uh, the <laughs> biggest fan, and I don't think people in Denver are either. So I don't know that he's ever going to. It'll be interesting to see if they, uh, you know, honor him in some way, shape, or form during these finals since he just announced his retirement. Top 75 but, uh, player? No. Carmelo no. No. He didn't make my list. No. <laughs> no. Who's on that list, Whitey, in front of him? <laughs> Give me all 75. Well, I mean, Give me all Clay, 75. I need Clay's out. Clay didn't make it, and Carmelo did. No. <laughs> Carmelo was a, a prolific scorer. He was not very uh, efficient. That's all. So you think Clay? You would take Clay Thompson over Carmelo Anthony? In the Yes. Yeah, blink. Not Clay now, but you know Clay before Prime he got Clay. hurt. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Great shooter. He'll give you some defense. Carmelo wasn't giving you any defense. Carmelo yeah. was not a great shooter, and he would not give you defense. I, I might take Clay over. Yeah, over take Carmelo. Clay. They both right. top seventy-five. Okay. Oh, he did make top seventy-five. Clay Thompson. No, he did no. Not. I'm no? saying they oh, both. Okay. They You're both saying should be both, top They both should be. Yeah. I could see that. See, we found common ground here. There we go. On the Cattles and Rami show. That's what we do. Right after this, we will uh, wrap up the show. And uh, Patrick Mahomes, some interesting comments about today's quarterbacks in the NFL. That's the show. Final segment. Cattles will uh, be out again tomorrow. Let me just head that off at the pass before those conspiracy theories continue. He is out again tomorrow. Back on Tuesday. And uh, we can't wait to get Nick back in the chair. Our thanks to Whitey Gleason. Who has you said not it. stop pretending. <laughs> you aren't helping. You aren't helping with stuff like that. We do miss Nick and can't wait for him to get back on Monday. And no, not fired, not suspended, not in a fight with me or anyone else on the show. Just had some uh, some business to take care of on the home front. And he will be back on Tuesday after the long Memorial Day weekend. I heard Rami took his hat off and that, and he didn't appreciate it and things. <laughs> Just snatched it off his head. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Not helping, Whitey. Not helping. <laughs> Not helping. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. You heard that Kevin nowhere. O'Connor in the ringer says it's what people are talking about. <laughs> Sources say. Yeah. No. No, that is not what happened. But uh, things are, are, are pointing up for Nick Cattles, and he will be back on the show and with us on Tuesday. 
Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Whitey, he's he's a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, one of the best I've ever seen. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I even make one deal with you always do. And I'm not saying goat. Okay, so don't take it the wrong way. But I'm just saying, like, if you if you dropped him at peak ability, which I don't even know if we've seen yet, he might still be getting better, which is the scariest thing. Patrick Mahomes at his peak might be the greatest quarterback to ever play the position. I'm yeah, not, he has to put together the resume. To, to pass the people who are at the top of that list, whoever you may think that is. But he, you have a he, comp for him. Someone asked me for a I comp really don't. Once. I don't. Yeah. I got nothing. I, I <laughs> I've said, never this was, seen anything this like This was it. like three years ago. I said, and it's not perfect, but I said Elway. In a lot of ways, he reminds me of it. I, and I know I he's can see that. better than Elway yeah. ever was. And Elway was great. But that's really the guy that comes to mind if I had to find a comp for him. Well, Patrick Mahomes seems to think that he's just part of the evolution at the quarterback position and a and a constant a constant arrow up at the quarterback position. He was talking to Complex Magazine and he said, I would say maybe top to bottom. You look back and you got like Dan Marino, Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw, freaking Troy Aikman, Elway. There's been some Hall of Famers that have all played in the same era, but I think top to bottom it's hard to find a spot on any team where the quarterback's not a guy that you can see win playoff games. And I think that's made it so special. I think that comes with development, coaching, and evolution of the quarterback position. So I definitely think it's a golden era for the quarterback position. Maybe we don't have those Hall of Fame guys yet at the top, but 1 through 32, I mean, there's quarterbacks that don't even get a chance to start that are great players. He. He said more than that, and I'll read a couple more of the comments, but Whitey, a, a golden era for NFL quarterbacks, would you say? Maybe. It depends what happens with Jalen Hurts, for example, or even you know Trevor Lawrence. Maybe. I mean, could be on that track. And, and you know, when he, you qualify it when you say a golden era, mm-hmm. mm, um, but, you know, Kyler Murray is, I don't know, uh, you know, what we're going to end up thinking of him. So I, I would say it's potentially yes but i wouldn't say right now oh yeah rubber stamp it golden era quarterbacks right now a golden era i'm not there yet he says there is like 10 top five quarterbacks which i'm doing the math and i don't think i don't think that works he said but i mean you got to look at the track record the last few years you got me which i love that he just throws himself and he should and at the just first you got me <laughs> you got me as the great quarterbacks in this league. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Joe Burrow. <laughs> you got Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, who's coming up strong after this season. I'm sure he'll be even better next year. You got Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert. I mean, there's so many quarterbacks. I don't want to just name five, but I mean, even the guys that are injured. You got Kyler Murray coming off injury. You got Russell Wilson, who can have a bounce back year. Aaron Rodgers. There's so many quarterbacks in this league, it's hard to put five. And I guess the best thing about this league is you have the top five quarterbacks this year and the next year, it could be completely different. And when he goes through the names, as he does, Whitey, it's hard to argue with what he's saying. I mean, all those, every every guy he named right there, Burrow, himself, Allen, Lamar, Hurts, Tyler? Lawrence, Herbert, I'm, I'll get to Kyler Murray in just a second. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and I was actually just, I was going to say, some people will will have the reaction that you did to Kyler Murray. And Trevor Lawrence already? Uh, I'm a big Trevor Lawrence guy, and I, th- I think more people are after last year, and I think his trajectory 
is 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 on an is is upward after after he got away from from Urban Meyer. But when it comes to Kyler Murray, and I don't want to make this whole segment a Kyler Murray debate. He had the things swirling around him that he did last year as he was trying to get the contract, and then he had the injury. But I think people forget that Kyler Murray, two years running, was the front runner for MVP for about eight, ten weeks of an NFL season before injuries derailed and sidelined him. And you might say that that'll continue to happen because he's small for the quarterback position and for the sport. But when Kyler Murray is right and playing the position at a high level, he plays it at a really, really high level. But going back to, to what I was Kyler just, Murray's dead to me because he could have been the center fielder for the A's and he decided <laughs> to play football. I get that. But uh, like I said, when you go through the names, it's it's hard to argue that it is a golden era of quarterbacks in the NFL. But I think you also have to factor in a number of things. Like if you if you took a Dan Marino and, and put him in this era, or if you took a Joe Montana or Terry Bradshaw, or Troy, the guys he names, Elway, Troy Aikman, and put him in this era, there's a couple things, well, three things really, that quarterbacks of this era have that quarterbacks of previous eras didn't. One is something that all athletes have working in their favor over athletes of previous eras, which is just we know more now. You know what I mean? In well, terms of yeah. nutrition, sports science, exercise, everything else. We know more. So we, we we keep churning out better athletes, bigger, stronger, faster, whatever the case might be. And we'll continue to do that as we learn more about the human body and you're, how to maximize You're saying it. like Super Bowl one at halftime, the picture of Lenny Dawson smoking a cigarette yes. and drinking a Fresca. We're yes. not going to, we're not, well, because I don't think they have Fresca anymore, but we're, we're not going to see that anymore. No, we're not going to see that. The The other thing that, that quarterbacks today have going for them that others don't is all the rules changes. Absolutely. That, that the NFL has put it's in. It's now illegal to tackle the quarterback. Because... Offense, offense. People like you know scoring, and and it gets ratings, and so they're going to make it easier for teams to throw and score and and move the football. But also beyond that, Whitey, and people are going to roll their eyes when I say what I'm about I'm gonna, to I'm say. I'm going to roll my eyes now, and it, it you hear it more in basketball and and especially in baseball than you do in football. But analytics has changed this game, man, and has changed the way that offenses are designed, has changed the way that quarterbacks are coached and the way that quarterbacks play. I remember reading an article a few years ago about how they've literally taken options away from quarterbacks in in terms of route trees that they have receivers running on certain plays or whatever the case might be. They've taken options away from quarterbacks because they've seen the percentages of, of how often that might work and how often it might turn into an interception or a turnover of some kind. You know what I mean? Analytics have, have, have favored offenses and have favored quarterbacks and passing games more in the NFL than they have anywhere else in terms of removing risk for quarterbacks that's built that was built into offenses in previous eras. Can I give you a golden age yes. of quarterbacks? And this is, wouldn't be my personal one would be earlier. So this isn't like, this was my time. 1993, passing yards, NFL. Number one, John Elway. Number two, Steve Young. Number three, Warren Moon. Number five, Jim Kelly. Number six, Brett Favre. Number 10, Troy Aikman. Number 18, Joe Montana. That's a golden age of quarterbacks. It's hard to argue with that. Our thanks to Alphonse Sidney of the Five Reasons Sports Podcast, who joined us to talk some heat in Eastern Conference Finals. Also, Jerry Reynolds, Kings legend, 
who joined us. If you missed either of those or anything on today's show, SacktownSports.com, YouTube.com slash SacktownSports. Give us those likes and also the Sacktown Sports app. For Whitey, Simone, Jay, I'm Rami saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again tomorrow starting at 2.